What do you do when you get scared, freaked out, or even like Robert in this next clip, terrified? This conversation was really fun for me. I talked with my son, Robert, who's a freshman at University of Colorado Boulder, and you may be thinking, you guys probably talk all the time, but I learned some really interesting things in my interview with him. You see, Robert took a gap year between high school and college, and it wasn't the most popular decision. So in my full interview, I talk with him about everything from deciding to take the gap year, planning it, the actual experience, and how it impacted his relationships with his friends and family and who he became as a result. But in this portion of the interview, we talk about the moment he freaked out in the second half of his gap year and how he shifted to a place of empowerment just by changing his mind. So mindset is something we're going to be talking a lot about. What happens when you change your mind? Really, this is the power of the mind. When we're motivated, almost nothing can stop us from accomplishing our goals. So you're going to find that and how Robert handled that in this clip that you're about to listen to. So you'll hear what Robert does when he decided to change his mind in the airport on his way to South Africa. It's a fascinating piece and it gives us a lot of insights into the power of the mind and the power of intention. So take a few minutes, join us and get comfortable and listen in. Welcome to University with life and leadership coach Anne-Marie Ciresso. In this collection of refreshingly honest conversations, students share their stories, struggles, and successes, and educational experts provide practical and valuable information on all things university. Discover how to live fearlessly and thrive in college and beyond. What was your biggest challenge second half of the gap year? So you've had this first half under your belt, you got... You were with a group, and now this next time, you're out completely on your own. First time away from home, um, traveling to foreign places, dealing with foreign currency, navigating airports and passports and visas, all of that. Yeah, the, the challenge in the second half was I was alone. So in the first half, I had a group with me of kids from the States. Everybody spoke English. You had somebody to hang out with. You had leaders kind of getting you through customs and all of that. And, you know, making sure you had sleeping arrangements and making sure you had meals. And then I, you know, I fly out on on the second half of my gap year completely, like literally just me. No guide, no tours, no, no, I wasn't with anyone in specific. And that was like, I remember on my plane ride to England, I was like, holy shit, I don't know how I'm going to do this. It was scary. It was terrifying. And after a little experience with it, I think after I got to South Africa, I was like, okay, like I got this, and this is really fun now. And Australia is where I really... Australia was where I really embraced that and loved that. Love the independence? Yeah, I loved the independence. I mean, Australia was... I mean, in South Africa, I spent a lot of time where I was with either a, a volunteer program, so they kind of set up meals for you, and you had a place to sleep constantly. And Australia was... You were on your own. Me. 
In an apartment. In a, going yeah, in an apartment, every day. making my own food, getting to and from work every day, using public transportation, like going out, finding things to do myself and my friends and so it was I, like I was, this arch like you started the you started in london you were alone totally alone traveling for a week yeah and you were a little freaked out that week yeah i was freaked out that week that week was very fun i think i did a lot of things that were really fun and it was just me touring london and walking around london and going out in london and you know, I was by myself. I didn't really have it. I, I met a friend of mine who works or studies there. a bit outside of London. Um, but he was in the middle of his final project. So, so I saw him once time, or yeah. twice. And, and, you know, I had this really, really cool individual experience. And it really psyched me up. And then um, I got on a plane in South Africa and, and freaked out again. And I remember that London was comfortable because for those who haven't been there, it's very, I mean, obviously everyone in England speaks English, so it's easy to, to walk around, figure things out. It's easy to figure out the public transportation. All of that is not a challenge. Um, whereas, you know, when you're flying to Africa, it's, a little different and I kind of freaked out like holy shit now I'm going alone to Africa and I had this moment where my plane from London to Johannesburg was delayed two hours on the tarmac on the runway before we took off and I had a two hour and 45 minute layover before my one one time a day you know, 11 person charter flight to, um, this little national park that I was going to left. And, you know, when we landed, that turned into a a 39 minute layover in which I had to get my bags, go through customs, go through passport control, and then get, go through security, you know, do the whole process of changing from an international flight to domestic flight, which is at least an hour plus process especially when you get off a flight from London to Johannesburg that's seating 450, 500 yeah, people. Yeah, big flight. You know, so I... So I want to talk about this because to me this was a pivotal moment in my parenting and in you in your trip because um, you were fairly freaked out. I, and I freaked the f- out. <laughs> you freaked the bleep out. And you're texting me. It's the middle of the night in Seattle where I am. And you basically have nobody but yourself to rely on and figure this out. And you had to figure it out. And I want to talk a little bit about, I think this is really one of the most important parts of your trip. Um, Dealing with this experience? Yeah, dealing with this particular experience because you were scared. You were really scared and... You had no one to lean on. Like, you had to figure it out. It was sink or swim. And I think it was the first time where you um, really started to develop the um, trust in yourself. Like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. It doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter what language barrier there is. I can figure this out. And where self-confidence really starts to build. Yeah, um... But yeah, and me. I also got 
I'm not a big believer in, well, I'm not, I, I just, I'm not religious, so I don't believe in, in God or higher power or anything like that, but. You don't believe in a higher power? No, but somehow, on a 500, and it was like 530 people were on this flight, and somehow my two checked bags came out in the first 10 bags that came out of the thing. Which is crazy, because I wasn't the last one to get on the flight by any means, or check in. I wasn't, you know, any of that. So you lucked out there. And I got super lucky, and if that didn't happen, I would have been stranded. And I grabbed my bags, and I literally just ran through the airport. But what was um, going on in your head? I think the whole, everything going on in my head was, I'm going to miss this flight. And then what? Like, that? what if you missed the flight? Yeah, I, don't, I didn't think past that. So I, just... I got to a point where I was like, I'm going to miss this flight. And then I was like, what am I going to do after this if I miss it? And it was a big, I don't know. So then I changed to, okay, I can't miss this flight. Uh... I really can't miss this flight. And I had to stand up, checked in for my flight. I had, I had 11 minutes to get through security, through the gate, onto the plane. Um. And you had to take a bus from the gate to the plane. Oh, you're kidding. No. And I walked to the security line, and I'm standing there, and it's like an hour and ten minute wait. And I was, in my mind, I was like, you can't miss this flight, you can't miss this flight, you can't miss this flight. And I stood on the guardrail in the airport in Johannesburg in front of the security (laughs) line, garnered everyone's attention, and asked if I could cut them all and you stood on the guardrail yeah got everyone's attention and you said i need to cut i need you to all. cut you all my flight leaves in 10 minutes and and what happened and everyone in the whole thing went silent which was really weird <laughs> and one dude like three feet in front of me turned around and kind of just looked at everyone almost to um you know gather a consensus decision yeah and just looked at me shrugged his shoulders and went yeah and that was a moment where i was like oh my god i can't believe i did that and i can't believe that worked so i just said thank you and got down and went right through security and i made my plane that's amazing yeah and that was terrifying what what what, what part was most terrifying like standing on the guardrail and yeah i mean yeah it's so it's amazing what motivation inspires us to do because when we're really motivated like you this is the power of the mind you said in your mind i cannot miss this flight which put you into the mode of i'm going to do whatever i can to make this flight and in the like you didn't second guess it you just did what you needed to do yeah well i was I was terrified. Yeah, motivated by fear. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, so it's really yeah. it's really interesting. Because the way I know you as my son, you don't like to bring a lot of attention to yourself. No, I mean, not when it's completely unnecessary. Right. So how do you think that is going to... Sh- like, do you think that experience is going to, like, make a mark on you for future experiences in your life? Yeah. I think it already has. I think that's what we've been talking like about. Like, when you, <laughs> the next time you come up to 
an experience that you're afraid of, but you know, like this idea of mindset, right? I'm always talking about mindset with you, but your mindset was, I can't miss this flight. Yeah. I can't fail this test. I can't not get this job. I can't not like. Well, yes. Yes, I agree. And a big drive for that was, or to, to not do that, excuse me, was I was embarrassed. Embarrassed to miss the flight? No, I was embarrassed to stand up and right. to, in front of those people. And I remember sitting back on my flight going, what if they just said no? And a big thing of my gap year that we don't realize, that I didn't realize like in my bubble here, was when you're traveling, when you're doing something like that, and really everywhere in life, but we don't think of that everywhere in life because we have communities and we see the same people is if people are afraid to put themselves out there in situations like that in which they don't want to embarrass themselves in front of other people because they don't want other people to think. Judge them. Yeah, judge them. Think low of them. Right. Um, And it's ridiculous because I will never see any one of those people ever again in my entire life and if I do, they won't remember that I stood and said that. No, the, what they're going to remember is you're the guy who was courageous enough to do what he needed to do to get where he needed to go. Like, that's what uh, people remember. I mean, I guess in theory, I think it's more realistic that you know, if I were to ever see one of those people again, it's not like they're going to recognize me. No, but, they're going to remember. But you, when you go back to that moment and remember, you remember the moment you stood on the guardrail and you you got your needs met. You did what you needed to do to get where you needed to go. And I think that's, that's, yes, what, that's what fearless I, living. What I think it is, but I think my point of the story is that it's a metaphor for a lot of other situations in life in which we're afraid to take that leap because of what other people are, how other people are going to judge us. Mm-hmm. And it was really... A, a metaphor for my entire gap year and that entire process. And that's why I think the story holds in my mind so well. Because I was afraid to stand up in front of everybody and say, yeah, I'm taking a gap year. Mm-hmm. And what other people were going to think of me when in reality, I just don't care what most of those people think. People don't hold on to these things because they don't matter to them. And you only hold on to them, you as in everyone, only hold on to those moments because you think that you're being judged. And what I really developed over my year was I just don't care if I'm being judged because if you're judging me, it it just shows to me that you're not listening. And if you're not listening, that's fine. But I don't want to have an extended relationship with someone who's not going to listen to me. So Well, and also the most important person to listen to is yourself. So Yeah, and you, you, you really have to. One of the big lessons is you really just have to do what you want, what makes you happy. And you have to create that. And... If you don't do what you want, you're going to have a miserable life. (laughs) 
And so many, so many people do what they think they should and what they're supposed to rather than what they want. And what's scary to me is not as much that as it is people convince themselves that what they want is that. Well, did you, was there any part of you that can, was, can, has done that? Where have you done that in your life where you've convinced yourself you want what other people want for you? Yeah, I, everyone does that about a lot of things, and it's, it's about recognizing it rather than... Yeah, but I'm asking, like, was there a specific example you could think of in your life? All of school. I've made lots of decisions in my life, specifically in academia and school, that I didn't want, but I knew would look better in the eyes of people. Right, I, so you my, thought, my peers, my... Yeah. And that's so dumb. But it's it's easy to do. We all do it. Yeah, it's easy. Yes, absolutely. We but believe social media. We believe our parents. We believe our friends. There's it's impossible. It's, it's impossible not to. And I don't want to get out to the listeners that you know I'm perfect and I don't do this anymore. And I no, and not to social pressure because I'm absolutely not, and I still do a lot of this. What I think is important is the awareness of when you do it and the ability to reflect back because the growth process is very long. It takes years and years and years to grow out of a habit that took years and years and years to solidify and cement. To develop, yeah. So as, as long as you can take a step back after those instances, especially when they're major parts in your life, and reflect on them and learn, and learn even if it means that you change one small part about the next time, you know, that's something that you have to have appreciation for. That's something that helps you grow. And that's what's important. So you can see Robert was terrified. He was terrified. He was afraid of being judged. He was afraid of being criticized. But ultimately, his fear of missing his flight was greater than his fear of embarrassing himself and therefore he was able to overcome his fear and you know take a leap of faith stand up for what he wanted and needed so just take a look in your life are you afraid to take a leap because others might judge you are you afraid to stand up for what you believe in because others might judge you you know I love how he talks about you know you have to create your own happiness and not worry about what others think So pay attention. Do you ever make decisions to please others or because you want to make others like you? I know it happens all the time. And more importantly, are you aware of when you're doing it, right? This self-awareness piece that we're going to be talking a lot about over the course of the next few months on the podcast. Can you build self-awareness? Can you know yourself well enough to know when you are in a place where you're afraid of being judged, that it's causing you not to do something that you really, really want to do for yourself. So see if you can pause and reflect and notice those opportunities because those are the opportunities to grow, really get to know yourself and choose to shift if you want. All right. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. You'll hear more from Robert in the coming weeks and months, and be sure to tune in next week for interviews for more people just like you. And for anyone who wants a safe, judgment-free place to self-reflect, play with building your self-awareness muscle, 
learning to accept yourself and as importantly, accept others, to feel empowered and more present in your everyday life, I host a live weekly group coaching call every week to practice learning these things together. How to be more aware. You'll learn tools to not compare yourself to others and ways to support you in dropping your fear of being judged so ultimately you can be free to be yourself. Calls are Thursdays, four to five central time. We meet on a video platform called Zoom and you can join from your phone or computer. You can drop in any week you want and your first time is free. So for more information, click the link below or reach out to me at amorybringithome.me if you have any questions. And I'd love it if you haven't already, please follow us on Instagram at university spelled Y-O-U-N-I-V-E-R-S-I-T-Y dot U or Facebook at university and Twitter at university U. Thanks for listening to University. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend and be sure to leave us some stars and a favorable review at iTunes.